Well, the Christmas season is officially upon us, and I've been especially blessed this year. Um, I, uh, for the most part, I despise Christmas music. I know I'm not a Grinch. I love Christmas, but uh, I think the thing I hate about it is my family, like, they try to play it before Thanksgiving, which is blasphemy, you know? So if you're one of these people that put your tree up weeks ago, um, man, you just need to get saved, um, first off. But um, it's like the same... Man, same garbage that's just been playing since like the 90s, and I just get sick of it, but it's okay. This year, though, man, I was especially blessed, um, and if you're a 90s grunge fan, you will be too. The Bare Naked Ladies apparently put out a Christmas album a while ago. I don't know if you've ever discovered that, but it's great. Be blessed, man. Enjoy the music. If you don't know who they are, I'm sad for you too, but again, I just want to kind of like just take a moment. I want to pump that album right there for you guys. It's not the gospel, but... Um, um, it's good stuff. But uh, with Christmas upon us, though, it really is important um, just to remember what it's all about, right? It, it's the month of December, and um, I know this, man. We we all enjoy gifts. I don't enjoy buying them. I enjoy receiving them. And so um, I wear a size uh, 45, um, you know, 5.56, five, um, 2.23, you know, just whatever you want to get me, it's fine. Um, but um, we enjoy the, the candy canes and the hot chocolate, and um, my, my grandma um, at least one of them. They both bake a lot, but I enjoy um, one of my grandmas. She makes all the old school candies. I gained 20 pounds. Um, God, it's a, uh, what is it? My sister, did she go through like 20 pounds of butter last year? Something like that. That's not even a joke. Like, that's how much candy she made. Um, I probably have a heart condition just from being around her. Um, beautiful season, right? We love those things. We love those things. And there's nothing wrong with them. Santa Claus, um, if that's your thing, man, that, that's great. All of that. Um, and it, it's a, a joyous thing that we get to participate in. But... It's important through all of that um, that those things shouldn't have our heart, right? It's not the heart of the season. That's not where the magic's at, and I say magic loosely, right? Um, what it's about is the power of God, right? He, he showed up in a miraculous way, and, and even though we can have so much fun with the celebration and the lights and, and the things and the games and the gatherings, um, the most important thing we should do is focus on Jesus. And so um, to, tonight, we have a, a two-part series we're going to do uh, to wrap up the new year called I Heart Jesus. And so, um, and so tonight is part one, and what we want to talk about is uh, having an understanding of who Jesus is what he's done and the love we should have for him because of that. And so as we open up tonight, um, I want to open up with the prophet Isaiah. This is from the Old Testament. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. This is not going to be on the screen if you have the Version Bible app. I failed last week, but I did not fail this week. Your notes are in there. Um, so Isaiah 61, verse 1 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In the righteousness, they will be like great oaks, the Lord has planted for his own glory. What a beautiful passage, right? That tells not of the, the innocent infant Jesus, but the power of God that would arrive on scene in the manger on the day of his birth, right? That, that it wouldn't just be this, this fragile existence, but, but a mighty God coming to, to proclaim that the captives be freed, right? That, that mourners would find comfort. And that, that, that's a picture and an image, 
again, of a Savior that was sent to us that's not meant to be an accessory to our Christmas story, not an accessory to, to Santa or any of that, but, but the center of it all, a very real, very powerful God showing up incarnate so that we could be impacted, so that we could be saved, so our lives could be transformed forever. So much more than an accessory to the Christmas story, but the Christmas story. He is the reason for it all. He is God's promise foretold by the prophet Isaiah. And when we begin to understand that it wasn't about the wise men, it wasn't about the shepherds, it wasn't about the Christmas plays, but it was about a, a savior that would impact us from eternity, right? That, that would make us right with God and change everything about our lives. It becomes something that we can give our whole heart to. It's not a fairy tale. The power of God arriving on scene. And so tonight, I want us to look at three ways that Jesus has saved us from hopelessness. Because before, before that night, before that precious baby was born, humanity was hopeless, was lost, was broken, so far from God. But Jesus changed it all. So as we open tonight, I want us to open in the book of Romans. Um, I've said it before, Romans is the greatest theological work ever written. Ever written. It's written by the apostle Paul. This is Paul, who was also known as Saul, who had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, and his life was forever changed, and ended up writing about two-thirds of our New Testament. And so it starts off with, therefore. Say, therefore. 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 Now, anytime you see therefore, you should see what it's there for. Right? And so even though we're in Romans, I know it's a little, little nugget there for you. Even though we're in Romans chapter 5, we see therefore, and even though this is verse 1, we should see what it's there for. In order to do that, we actually have to go back to the end of Romans 4. And the thing you need to understand is that when we look at our Bible, even though it's presented to us in chapters and verses, Paul didn't actually write it that way. It was a letter to the church in Rome, written as one long letter. And so the end of Romans, Romans 4, verse 25, he says this, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right, say right, to make us right with God. And so he, he makes this proclamation about Jesus, right? The gift, Christmas gift that we received and have the opportunity to interact with, that, that he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God, right? That's a profound statement. And then he picks up in five, therefore. Well, therefore what? Therefore, since Jesus did that for us, made us right with God, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Think about that. We have peace. We've been made right with God. Been made right with God. We were enemies with God in opposition to him and our sin, far from him, but Jesus. Therefore, since Jesus, we've been made right. We're at peace with God because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved. Say undeserved. Undeserved. And I like that because it is undeserved. And, and sometimes we think that it was owed to us, right? That the Christmas gift, that this season is something we deserve. And when we come into the, the month of December with that type of mindset, it leads us to depression because we see the things that other people have and we think we deserve them too. And we think we deserve it all. But it was all undeserved. Undeserved grace from God. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege. You're in a place of privilege. And I get that that's hard. 
And you may not feel like you're in a place of privilege. You may be struggling with bills. You may not have a beautiful tree at your house or gifts underneath it. You may be wondering how you're going to pay for anything. But I want you to know that because of Jesus, because of the infant, because of the power of God showing up incarnate, you are in a place of privilege, undeserved privilege, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Point number one tonight is this, Jesus gives us right standing before God. He has my heart because he made me right in God's sight, right? That's salvation. He, he, he took care of the penalties of my sin. He brought me into relationship with him. He brought me into a place of peace with God when I was in opposition with him, right? On the other side. What a beautiful, profound thing that God has done for us. Something that none of us could do on our own. It's undeserved. It's unwarranted. It's, it's something that you could not do had it not been for, that, been for that infant showing up in the manger. That gift to make you right with an all-powerful, all-creating God and saying you, in spite of your sins, in spite of your flaws, in spite of the family you were born into and all the horrible things you've done, in spite of that, the great Christmas gift is this. You can stand in front of God and you can be justified, just as if you've never done anything wrong. What a beautiful gift. And, and that, that deals with that shame, right, that we feel. We come into the season, and you may feel like a failure. You may feel the guilt and the shame and the weight of your past. But what a beautiful gift that, that you can show up because of Jesus and know that it's all been dealt with that you've been made right with God. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so we could be made right with God through Christ. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful gift. That no matter what you've done, no matter how horrible it was, when we receive that precious gift. When we accept what he's done, he makes us right before God. Staying in Romans, I want us to turn um, to chapter five. We're in Roman, or chapter six. We're in Romans five, but we're gonna look at, at Romans six as we look at point number two. And so Romans six, out of the book of Romans, Romans chapter six is, is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Um, I love it. Um, for a lot, just because of the way it speaks to the freedom that we get to have. And I'm going to touch on that in just a little bit, but I encourage you, um, if you, if you do nothing else as far as reading for the month of December, I know this is not a Christmas um, passage here, but go read Romans 6. Uh, Romans 6 verse 5 says this, since we've been united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power. Say lose its power. Might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. And so 
Paul's laying this out, man. What a beautiful thing. And it flies in the face of what we're told, right? That, that we're just messed up, especially with addiction. I can't stand um, just the, the message that the world will tell you that you're always just going to be that way, right? That, that there's, no, there's no change, that, that that's just going to be you. That's your story. And you're just going to have to white knuckle through life for the end of your days, just holding on best you can and hope that you make it to the finish line. What a load of crap that the world sells. I mean, because it's so much different when we look at God's word, so much more beautiful when we look at that right there, right? That sin might lose its power in our lives. Have you ever felt powerless? I know that I have. And so when I take that same feeling of powerlessness and I look at the things that have held me captive and say, that's not going to be me anymore. That's going to be you because of what God's done in my life. That's beautiful. Because I want, I want all of my dark places to feel that powerlessness that I've felt. Because God, he gives us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, right? He gives us a spirit of power and triumph over the dark places in our sin. That's a Christmas gift if I've ever seen one, right? He says you can be victorious, that you can stand and triumph over all of those things that used to hold you back and hold you captive when you give it all to him. That's the Christmas gift we receive. But it requires 100%. Everything you have to be laid on the line in submission to him. And when you do that, when you arrive at that place, you receive the greatest gift of all. And again, Paul says, since we've been united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. That's salvation. When you receive the gift of salvation, when you do this, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified. That the old Aaron's gone. That piece of trash, I didn't like him anyways. Man, he's done for. And a new man, right? And the same story can be yours too. Our old sinful selves were crucified. That's put to death. No more, right? Finished. Put to death. Crucified with Christ. So, say so. So, as in, so this is its purpose, right? It's the purpose behind the gift that led to this gift so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Not, not just so you won't look forward to hell, right? And, and that you can get, no, that, that's, that's a part of it. It's for so much more. So we can be the visible image of an invisible God today. So we can be living, walking epistles. That's, that's, that's so we can be like a, the Bible to the people around us. So that people that don't know God will want to know God because of the way you live, that he'll transform you in such a way that that's your story. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. So we're no longer slaves. No longer slaves no longer in captivity, no longer held back because of all those things, no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free. Say set free. Set free. I love freedom, right? I love freedom from the things in my life. So we were set free from the power of sin, free from it, no longer has its place in your life. All you have to do is receive what God has for you and give him everything. Say, God, I'm yours. Submit it all to him. Surrender everything. Surrender, I'll make him Lord of every aspect of your life. No longer slaves to sin. Point number two is this. He frees us from the bondage of our sin. That is a Jesus I want to give my heart to, right? That is a Jesus I want to give everything to. I want to say, this is yours. And get on my knees and say, God, take it all. Because he sets me free from the bondage of sin. Sets us free. That is the Christmas story. That's the Christmas gift. Staying in Romans, I want you to turn to chapter 12 as we look at point number three. Again, man, Romans 
Such a beautiful work. Such a beautiful work. It says this in verse one. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. That's Paul right there laying it out that that in order for us to receive these things, right? For us to be made right, for us to be free of bondage, what does he want from us? For our lives to be a living sacrifice. Sacrifices die. I don't know if you know that that's how it works, right? When they slip the little lamb's throat, I know that's a little gross and brutal. It's dead. It ain't getting back up, you know? And that's what God's calling us to do, to lay ourselves down in such a way that it's, it's done. It doesn't get back up. We can. That's the problem. We can make that choice later. But we die to the old life. Make yourselves a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Why? Because of all he's done for you. Because of the fact he presented himself. I mean, you think about that, that God presented himself as a person, creator. Creator presented himself as creation. Weak and fragile in a human body. Lived life the way that we live life. Experienced things we experience in order for us to have this great gift. And when we understand that, we give him our heart, and when we arrive at that place, we can, we can do that, right? To be a, a living sacrifice, to lay ourselves down. And then it goes on in verse two. It says, don't copy. Say, don't copy. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. I use this verse a lot because I just continue to see people in the church, including myself. I struggle with this, right? I want so much sometimes to look like everyone else. And I forget that I can't, that I shouldn't that I've been called to something different. And Paul's reminding us here, don't do that. Don't fall into that trap. Right? Don't, don't, don't take that bait. He's called you to something greater. You get to look forward to something better than anyone else gets to look forward to. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Not so you'll miss out. Not because God wants to withhold something from you, but because the Christmas gift is a greater gift than anything that broken world has to offer us. That's the beauty of it. And so don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right? Let God transform you. That work of the brokenness that you could never accomplish on your own, right? You tried. You tried to please your parents and you failed. I've been there, right? You tried to please teachers, couldn't do it. Tried to please spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it was. And all that ever happened is they ended up ticked off at you, right? And you tried, you tried. But that's not what God's saying to do. He's not saying work harder, try more. No, he's saying surrender. I've got you. I'm the potter. Let me mold you. Let me shape you. Let me change you. That's God's gift. You don't have to do it. You just have to surrender and allow him to do the work on the inside out. And he will do a greater work in you than you could ever imagine. He will make you into something more beautiful than you could ever imagine, right? Let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And I love that because you lay it all out, right? And the old person's dead. And maybe there's some grief in there because you miss that guy. You miss that woman just a little bit, but God's saying, no, 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 just wait. God's word tells us this, where's masterpiece? Created anew. Masterpiece. There is nothing about who I was that I would label masterpiece. Nothing. 
God's gift on Christmas was a child who'd become a man who was always Messiah and always God. And through him, God does that work. Masterpiece. What a beautiful gift. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I love those three words. Good, pleasing, perfect. I can't attach those to addiction. I can't attach those to sexual morality or the brokenness of all of those things, right? I can't, I can't attach it to anything but the goodness of God and the work he's done in me. Good and pleasing and perfect. Point number three is this. He transforms us into new people. God can have my heart. It's all Jesus's because he's transformed me. He's changed me. I get to be a testament to his power, his mighty work. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ. Say anyone, anyone. And and this is important to remember because you may be thinking anybody but me. And I thought that I've done some pretty horrible things. My past does not look good. And I know this, some of you have done worse things than me. Your past does not look good. But anyone, it's Greek for everyone, right? It's, It's all of us. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, and all you have to do to belong to Christ, you can't earn it. It's not something you buy. No amount of money or good works gets it for you. And thank goodness, because when I showed up, I didn't have any of those things, right? Couldn't have bought it. Couldn't try it if I wanted to. I had nothing to offer. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who shows up, who's willing to accept, to receive, to have their hand out, their heart out there, ears open, eyes focused, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. That's the Christmas story. That's the beauty of it all. Old life is gone. New life has begun. I want us to do this. I want you right where you're at. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your head and I, and I want you to think about where you're at. You may be in here tonight and you've never made that decision, right? You've never said, I want to receive Jesus. The, the greatest gift, the Christmas gift. Here in just a moment, we're gonna have an opportunity to do that. Oh, I want you to think about, is that where I'm at? More than that, just begin to think about your relationship with him. Father God, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for everyone you've brought here tonight. Father, I thank you for their presence. God, I thank you for, God, I thank you for the situation that brought them to this very place in this very moment. And I pray, Lord, that it would not be lost on them. Maybe they showed up to support a friend. Maybe they showed up to get that next chip so they could show it up and show it off. But but you showed up tonight. God, and you impacted them. I pray, Lord, that that seed, God, would not fall amongst the thorns or the rocky soil, but God, it would fall amongst fertile soil. God, that it would take hold tonight. God, the seed of truth and the gospel would take root in their lives, that it would grow and that it would bear fruit. 
And I just thank you, Lord, for that. We pray that in Jesus' name. Now, one more thing. This is a little different, but before we go today, with heads still bowed, eyes still closed, if you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you want to do that today, I want to pray for you. When you do that, you receive the forgiveness of God. You become a child of God. Receive it all. And second of all, if you're here and you say, Aaron, I've already given my life to Jesus, but I've gotten off track. I'm not where I used to be, where I want to be, or where I need to be. Can I get back to that place? Well, yes. And so if that's you, I want to pray for you so you can leave this place with a reassurance of knowing you're his. And lastly, maybe you're here and sometimes you think, Sometimes you think I'm saved, but other times you think maybe I'm not. And you'd like to leave here with just the confidence of knowing you're his. I want to pray for you too. So for any of those three things, to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, to recommit, or just for the confidence of knowing you're his. If that's you, with heads bowed, eyes closed, if you would raise your hand right now in this moment and just shoot it up. Thank you. Thank you. Be bold about it. Say, that's, that's my gift. Thank you, guys. I want to receive that. Thank you see you. He sees you. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those who raised their hand tonight. Lord, I'm so thankful and so grateful. Lord, there's so many ready and willing to accept, God, the gift of salvation. God, the greatest gift, the Christmas gift. And Lord, for the first time maybe ever, God, that they know that the true and, and real meaning behind this season. Father, I pray that you would come into their lives in this moment tonight, Lord, that you would transform them, that you would change them, that they would never be the same again. And we thank you for all of that. We pray that in in Jesus' name. Now, look, I prayed for you. That's great. We should pray for each other. But God came so that you can have a relationship with him. And so if you raised your hand, if you raised your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. But I want you to be bold and I want you to be confident about it. So because we're for you, I want everybody, everybody together to pray this out loud together. Let's all say this. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I know what that means. It means I'll follow you all the days of my life. That I'll surrender my will to yours. And I receive you as my Savior now. Thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins. And I believe with all my heart that you were raised from the dead so I could be forgiven. I call upon you now and ask you to forgive me and to live in me. And I thank you for forgiving me and saving me and loving me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Isn't that awesome? Let's give them a hand. Now, what's the application? Uh, Remember in James, it says that we're not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so we have some action steps. Some of you took this first one already. It's to accept God's free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's step one. Everything we do around here is centered around that. Number two, submit your flesh to his authority and allow yourself to be freed from the power of sin. Submit to him. He'll free you. Number three, pursue his will and meditate on the word, allowing God to transform you into a new person from the inside out, from the inside out. Everything we talked about tonight and every night 
it centers on Jesus. It's what it's all about. It's the reason we're here. And so if, if you're in here tonight and you didn't take that first opportunity, we just had, we had a second opportunity. How great is that? Two opportunities in one night. And so if you missed that one here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you. Same thing we just done but a little more intimate so that you can receive that gift of salvation tonight. Again, that's where we recognize that Jesus is Lord, that he came so we could be saved and forgiven. And you're ready to make him the authority, the Lord of your life. And if you want to do that in just a moment, we've got some people down here to pray for you. And if you need to recommit, right, because you've messed up, gotten off track, same thing. And if you're in here tonight and, man, you, you've been walking with him, but you've just been walking a little, little cricket, a little wonky. And you're like, man, I need, to, I need to get rid of this. I need to deal with this sin in my life. I need, God's been speaking to me. He says it's time to put down this addiction, to put down this habit, this stronghold, this lie. If that's you, here in just a moment, you can come down here. You can pick up one of these white chips. There's nothing special about them. It's just a piece of plastic. But there's something significant about when we're obedient to God, when we step out in faith, knowing that he's going to move. And then lastly, maybe you just need to receive prayer. You've got something going on. Holidays are difficult. We get it. You just want somebody to pray with you. We want to do that. And if you gave your life tonight, come let us pray over you, over your new walk, your, your newfound faith, your newfound journey. Let us pray with you. So for any of those things, they give your life to Jesus to recommit, to pick up a chip or just to receive prayer. I want to encourage you to step out of your seats boldly and come down front. And if everybody else would stand to your feet as we close in worship.